0: Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about everyday faith in the workplace. You know, there's this question, of like, how do we navigate our faith in the workplace? Because the reality is work is a part of life, and generally speaking, we have to engage in it to some level or another. I know. Sometimes (laughs) it can be really easy, but often it can be a little bit of a challenge. Now, our faith can help us navigate through those eight 10, 12, whatever hour long days you're working, maybe six, if, I don't know. But it might help in make it a little less of a challenging, stressful time and something we can actually enjoy maybe. So we're going to talk about how we should take our faith and interject it into our work time. And I guess the the, the first two big questions that we're kind of going to be approaching here in general is like, how does culture tell us to approach work and what's our view with scripture uh ben what do you think general culture tells us to approach work with
1: uh so (laughs) um there's there's two major views i feel like and it's something along the lines of either work is everything And it's all about grind culture. You have to give everything that you have to the job. Like, if you're working 40 hours a week, shame on you, because you could be doing 80 kind of thing. Um, I know. But there's, there's that grind culture. But then on the other hand, there's a culture that almost despises work where it's like i only work because i have to i hate work and the system is designed to be against people because we shouldn't have to work in the first place we should all basically be able to be hobbits and live in a hole in the ground and live off of vegetables and stuff Um, are you pitching a new society i mean i'll be honest that system does sound pretty great i don't know that it's realistic but that's a different podcast episode but um, right you know, it's just it feels like there's these two extremes. It's either you have to give everything to your job or there are people who are saying don't give anything to your job, forget your managers, forget the CEOs. Nobody cares about any of these people. You shouldn't care about them. You shouldn't care about your job. You're only doing it because you have to and do everything you can to minimize how much work you have to do. Um, I don't know do you have any other thoughts, have you ever heard any like other major perspectives?
0: Well, I think one of the things mm. I've heard recently is this phenomenon. And I'm not sure if you've heard it or seen it used, but like quiet quitting.
1: Yes. Yes. yeah. Very so the,
0: big. that's this term of people that feel that they're in the workforce and they feel that they have not been appreciated properly. They've done their their time doing above and beyond and they're not getting what they feel they should. And so they're just doing the bare minimum at this point.
1: Yeah, I uh not only have I heard that online, but I've definitely um I've definitely seen that in the workplace of it's just like people there there are a lot of situations where there are unhealthy workplaces, unhealthy practices and stuff and people are just saying, "You know what? I'm done. I still need a paycheck, so I'm just going to stay here basically until they get rid of me uh and, right. and kind of start pulling back more and more and more um yeah, right, that's a, I will do
0: the 40 hours, I will do exactly what's on my description, I tried going above and beyond, because I, I, once upon a time I believed I could get far doing that, but nowadays it's just not seeming to happen for many people.
1: This is feeling like a bit of a personal attack, Will, after some conversations we've had. Uh, this is just observations I've made online, this Oof. ain't at you. uh. Oh. But
0: yeah, it, I think that's a very real phenomena. And then I think there's another phenomena of the the young TikTok entrepreneurs happening, where young people are are starting their own hustle of businesses. And I'm curious to see how that plays out in the long run. I don't think it's necessarily sustainable for everybody under the age of twenty to to like sixteen to have their own business and run things. But I don't know. If that's Internet craze may or may not take off.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's not a bad concept. There's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to start your own business. I think the problem is it's one of those things where not everybody can do it, because if everybody in the world, you know, had a business selling candles or woodcrafts or Pinterest decorations or whatever, you know, that's great. But someone at some point, whether they like it or not, someone has to be a farmer, Someone has to work in a factory because otherwise you're not going to get all those tools that you need to do those things. And you can't just make them all yourself. You can't, you know, smith your own tools so that you can craft wood stuff and sell it and still be able to make a profit. Like it's just, you know. Right. So the, this is uh, getting a little bit drifting away from the question then of uh, what – how do we, I guess, put our faith into our workplace? So we've got the cultural views here. And there's the extremes, and then there's some of these internet phenomena, modern phenomena. So then I I would ask, what's the scriptural view then? How does scripture tell us to approach our work?
0: So the first thing that I would mention is taking a Sabbath. We see the creation account. God takes six days to make it, rests on the seventh. He didn't rest for himself. God can do whatever he jolly well pleases. And chose to rest as an example for us. We see it again in the 10 commandments of like, Hey, this isn't just like a recommendation. No, this isn't top 10 commands that you need to be following. And then it's sprinkled throughout the rest of culture or throughout the, the rest of the scriptures. We see it referenced again and again, old Testament, new Testament, where the Sabbath is an important part of their culture in Part of how God has designed humanity. We aren't designed to be working 24 7. We are designed to take rest. And I think that as a a work culture critique of saying, like, it's okay to take the day off and rest and protect that day. Yeah. And then what do you what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, Sabbath sounds really great right now. Um, uh, love to have a day off. But no, I think I when I hear Sabbath, especially applied to work-life balance and things like that, what I think of is it, it's that idea of you got to put the mask on yourself before you put it on someone else. When the plane is going down, you have to put your oxygen mask on first. So if you're putting all of your energy into work and you never take time off, you're going to burn out. That's the whole point of Sabbath is that like, it's not like God needed a rest. He wanted to set an example because we needed rest. We are, are limited and finite beings. And God said, yeah, I'm going to need a day off. I'm just telling you now, I'm going to show you by example, you're going to need a day off. And if you are never taking time off, if you're never taking time for yourself, if all you ever do is work, 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 then your performance is going to suffer and it's going to be really hard for you to give your best at your job. So, yeah, it's definitely it's essential. I think it's at the root of a good work life and good work performance is also good rest.
0: Good rest. Enjoy life. Get the the sweetness of the Sabbath of like I remember hearing it described by. uh, I think it was theologian A.J. Swoboda, like. It should remind us of like pancakes and syrup. Okay. And it should be sweet. It should not be a drag. It shouldn't be something awful. It should be something we enjoy. And Not like we we slam on the brakes because we, we have to, but we get to. And it's not easy. I mean, I remember in college, a professor challenged us. He gave us a list of like 12 different spiritual disciplines. It was like, practice one of these for half the semester. One of these for the second half of the semester. I picked Sabbath because... How hard can it be to take a day off? <laughs> exactly my reaction. I got two weeks into it, and I'm like, I'm failing the assignment. Oh, and, the and you do after, ever? Yeah, you got to learn to rebalance some things. You gotta, yeah. Sometimes it's going to mean working really hard a couple days extra, but then taking that time. But it's it's such a key thing because it is countercultural. Because it is against the work twenty four seven. It is against the hustle culture. It's saying like, God's given this to us. We should enjoy it. And so that's that's my first piece when I come to how does faith in the workplace engage each other? Not being at the workplace all the time.
1: Yeah, I think. I uh, think
0: another major thing is.
1: Sorry, oh, go for it. Do you got more, to add? No, I was I was gonna take the next point, but go for it.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, being filled with grace and understanding, I think, is another huge part of how we maneuver in life as we like we, we are representatives of Christ. If people know you're a Christian, you need to reflect that in the way that you interact with others.
1: Yeah, this is um, <clears throat> this is probably one of the biggest ones that I want to push, because I, so especially as a as a retail employee, food service employee for like eight years now, since I've been 17. um, This is one of those ones where people love to apply it to one area of their job. I've seen people who are really, really sweet with customers. They are just the kindest, nicest people to the customers that they serve, but they're just God awful to their coworkers and they, they ignore their bosses. They treat their coworkers awfully. And it's like, no, 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 no. You got to apply it to everybody or there's those people who they're real buddy-buddy with their coworkers. They're super great people to work with, but they could care less about their customers. They're really rude to the boss. And then of course there's, you know, the kiss-ups who all they care about is the boss. Everyone else is just kind of a means to an end. And so this, this grace and understanding thing is like, you have to understand that as a Christian, we have to treat all people in our life with grace and understanding we, we have to, we have to be loving to our coworkers, to our customers, to our clients, uh, and, and to our bosses, no matter how much it may feel sometimes like they're not loving to us because that's never been the point is we don't love because others have loved us. We love because God loved us and he asked us to pass that on.
0: Yeah. And I think part of this, uh, we didn't talk about this before, but like with this, I think your bad day looks a little different.
1: How do you mean? Because the way
0: you interact with other people, like, if you're having a bad day, you shouldn't be taking it out on everybody. You should be able to own up and be like, hey, yeah, like, I am sorry, I am having a rough day. Be real with that. But you should still be filled with grace and understanding, and ask for that same grace when you are having a rough time. But like, if as somebody that's working, like, you don't Go out of your way to take it out on a customer, on your coworker, on your boss, whoever. You got to walk with that grace and understanding both ways. And so your bad day is going to look a little different just as a Christian alone. At least I hope it does.
1: (laughs) No, for sure. I I totally agree with that. It's that idea of just because I'm having a bad day, it doesn't give me the excuse to just throw scripture out the window and say, "Eh, I don't really care. I don't really care that I'm supposed to be loving. I'm just going to be awful to everybody. I yeah. Can.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's being honest of like, I'm having a rough day. Yeah. There's some grace, please. You you gotta um, be,
1: you got to be.
0: Yeah. Cause we're not immune from a bad day, but how we navigate a bad day definitely changes.
1: This feeds really well into, of course, the next thing, which is that part of our way of, of working, part of our, our bringing our faith in is that we should be bringing joy with us into the workplace. And, you know, a lot of these things we're going to see, they, they tie together. Um, taking a Sabbath makes it a lot easier to bring joy with you into the workplace. If you're always working, Amen. it's hard to find joy. But as Christians, you know, we have to remember joy is a fruit of the Spirit. If you got the Spirit in your life, if you are full of the Holy Spirit, then ultimately there there should be some joy in your life. And if there is no joy in your life, then you might need to start asking for, hey, Holy Spirit, come in and and... Help me to be that joyful person here. Uh, it, it's really easy to jump in with culture and and join into that. I hate Mondays. I hate my job. I'm just here because I have to be kind of mindset and just grumble and complain and everything. But I mean, imagine if all of your coworkers stopped complaining about their jobs and instead they just came in. Everybody was always in a good mood. Everybody was always happy, always joyful. Well, it starts to make the workplace a little bit better. It's it's more enjoyable. It's not so awful when you're not surrounded by people who are constantly complaining. So one of our jobs as Christians is be that person who's not complaining. And hopefully, rather than making somebody else's day worse because you're complaining to them, you can come in and you are just joyful and, and they think, what the heck is wrong with you? You know, they're just like, how are you so happy right now? How are you joyful at this job? And you can say, because... You know, I got God, I got joy in my heart, and that's, you know, all I need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that reminds me of a hat I got that just says, like, I'm just out here trusting God. And it's like, I'll wear that every now and then. People of faith will see it and be like, that's how I get through my day sometimes. It's the only way I like,
1: I'm
0: like, it's a vibe. I get it. Uh, But as we go through with God, we can experience that joy even in the hard days even in the days when work is rough we have a busy season at work you know walking with god will make those things significantly better and just inviting god into the process of just like god i got a busy day when i get into work there's a lot of stuff to do in the office there's going to be a ton of customers you know we got uh black friday and everything coming up like it's going to be a busy time in retail Walk with God in those times.
1: I'd say this is a a good time, too, where, you know, sometimes we we need to invoke the specific name of one of the members of the Trinity, whether that's Lord Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. This is a great opportunity to practice praying for the Holy Spirit specifically. I mean, you think about the fruit of the Spirit or love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control love the song. I know all of them because I sang that song like 50 billion times as a kid. So, you know, those are all things that we typically don't see in the workplace and it's hard to bring with us into the workplace. So if you're having trouble doing that, then pray specifically, Holy Spirit, like dwell in me. Give me the fruits that you have promised uh, by, by dwelling in me and let me bring into my workplace a sense of love and of joy and peace, patience patience a big one especially if you work in customer Mm -hmm. service holy spirit give me a lot of patience but you know this is a great opportunity to say hey holy spirit i want to be the light in my workplace so bring me those gifts help me to bring those things into my workplace
0: yeah no that's great and that that almost leads into the next thing is uh, setting healthy boundaries on your own conduct, not just your boundaries of like taking a day off, but like how you act, and that can be really hard at times. Uh, but Ephesians five, I'd recommend just just open up your Bible, read the first one through twenty there, because they gave a great little rundown on like how we should be acting. Major things: not using foul language, not making crude jokes, not partaking in gossip. These are three things that I think are pretty commonly widespread and just (laughs) taking the stand to say like, I'm not going to participate in that is huge. And you'll want to be praying be like, God, walk with me. Holy spirit. I need you to fill me up. Cause if I'm in an environment where this is happening all the time, it gets easier and easier to slip into that kind of behavior. And we want to try our best to not embrace it
1: yeah and i think also when you set those boundaries it it makes other people start questioning why is it that they don't have it uh you know i've had to i've had to tell people straight up, like i'm i'm not going to name drop i don't want if you want to complain about work it's fine i'll listen to you but don't don't come up here and specifically tell me like Oh yeah, it was Jimmy who did this thing. I don't have a coworker named Jimmy. That's why I can throw that name out there. But you know, don't tell me it was Jimmy who did this thing that you really don't like and tell me how much Jimmy sucks as a coworker or an employee or, or anything like that. You know, it's like, don't take part and 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 set those boundaries clearly and say, I'm not gonna participate in this. I'm not gonna participate in the gossip. And yeah, everyone around me may be cussing and they're making these nasty jokes and stuff, but but be the one to say no, I'm not gonna take part. Because what happens is Others see you do it, and again, they, they start looking at themselves and they're like, well, maybe it's not okay for me to be doing this. Maybe I do need to be a bit more careful about the things that I say. I've seen that in action where, like, my boundaries have have led other people to say, you know what, I think you're right. Um, so being that first person to set the boundary can also set a really great example for your coworkers too. Uh, now. On a very different note, beyond just like your individual personal behavior and mindset, uh, one of the biggest ways that we have to be bringing our faith into the workplace is to invite others to get to know God. That I mean, that's really at the core of our at the core of our faith it is like we are trying to share the love of God with the world. So what a great opportunity to reach out to your coworkers who usually are going to also be your friends, the the people you spend the most time with and say, hey, want to come to church with me? You want to come to this Bible study? You want to come to the bonfire, to the the church tailgate? Whatever it is that you got going on. I mean, invite them into your life, into your church, into your faith community. Your work can be about more than just showing up and doing the job stuff. It can also be a, a great opportunity to evangelize to people
0: yeah you don't just roll up the first day and be like hey everybody i'm the new guy come to church with me
1: <laughs> you,
0: you you make friends with people you talk with people you engage with them over the course of time and and act opportunity to say like hey like i'm like this
1: because i go to church you want to join all the more reason actually why i specifically want to address the the mindset that i hear a lot is well i'm not here to make friends i'm here to work i mean reject that nonsense like throw that Why stuff away as a, as a christian like yeah you should want to make friends with your co-workers because the more you're close to your co-workers the more that they feel they can trust you and the more that that you are open and invitational to them the more opportunity you have to witness to them as a christian like yeah be there to make friends like i mean not not that you should sacrifice your job for that but by all means embrace your co-workers
0: yeah you should be at at the least, be friendly with people. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, beyond s- sending somebody an invitation to say, "Hey, you should come to church with me," like you can also vocally share your faith or where you're at in your journey, and say, "Like, man, maybe, maybe it's from the like, I choose not to use foul language. I don't want to participate in those jokes. I don't want to gossip." And somebody's like, well, "Why not?" And then you you have an opportunity right there to be like. I just feel that's wrong. I'm convicted. Uh, here's why I'm convicted through my faith and share that with them and said, like, look, I'm on a journey too. I'm trying to get closer to God. And I've found that these things aren't good for me. Yeah. And that can open up a huge door of like, well, what do you mean you're getting closer with God? What, what does that mean? And that can just open up all kinds of great conversations to have about your faith within the workplace.
1: Remember that, Especially if you if you're working a typical full time forty hour a week nine to five or something like that, not only do you spend more time with your coworkers than you probably do anyone else in your life, but also they're spending more time with you than anyone else in their life. So, oh,
0: I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with yeah,
1: me. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I am a threat to the devil. Um. So. No, but this is a great opportunity to, to to build relationships. And you know what? The reality is, you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. You might as well build the relationship and, and share your story a little bit. Now, this next one, oh man, I know this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt to hear, Will. This is going to be a lot of people. We might get some complaints. We're going to get a letter <laughs> on this one.
0: Where are but, they going to send the
1: letter? Uh, I don't know. They'll pick one of our places. I'm not saying our addresses. I don't want a letter. So you guys could send us on Instagram. I don't know. But one of the things that we have to do as Christians in the workplace is we have to honor the authority that's been placed over us. Uh, Romans 13.1, it, it talks about this idea that there is no authority except that which is given by God. Like true authority is comes from God. That means that manager you got to remember God God allowed that manager to get into that position. It's not necessarily like, oh man, this is God's plan and God God set everything up so that this manager would be your manager, but God doesn't allow things to to get out of his control. You know, there's a there's a a point to which we have to trust that maybe the manager isn't being a slave driver because you know, God hates us and our world is just awful and our job sucks. Maybe this is a way of God shaping us. Maybe the reason that the manager is demanding more work is because maybe we have let our work ethic slip a little bit. You know, uh, we have to remember that God allows people to have authority and we have to, we have to honor them. We have to respect the position that they have. Uh, now, obviously there are exceptions to this. So let me be clear. Not every manager is someone that I would say, Oh yeah, God put that person there. Sometimes people by bad means can get put over you, but don't be so quick to just jump in and say, Oh yeah, they cheated their way in there that, you know, clearly this person is not someone chosen by God, you know, just err on the side of honoring the authority and trusting that they're there for a reason.
0: Yeah. And And there, there is obviously, you know, the, the side of pushback of like, well, what do I do when it feels like they're, they're abusing their authority? And I mean, that's a reality. There are pretty much every place has some level of like an HR that you can go to and you can talk to, uh, if they ask you to do anything that is completely like morally ethically wrong, obviously you can, you can push back against that because that's an abuse of their authority. And that's not something we, we want to support. But like. The majority of time, like the boss is saying, hey, we need you to go take out the trash. And you're like, "Ugh, I don't want to take out the trash. That's, that's just part of the job. Yeah, that's OK. Like, and there's take out the trash.
1: There's parts of every job that are just not pleasant. There's parts of being a pastor that are not pleasant. There's parts of retail that are not pleasant. What? And <laughs> don't make me out. You will. <laughs> But, you know, the reality is like your, your manager, your CEO, your boss, whoever it is, like they're there to make sure that things are running properly. And, you know, we don't want to just automatically anytime they ask us to do something, be like, oh, man, this guy is the worst because he's making me do my job. But we do have to remember, like Will said, if there's an abuse situation, they're asking you to do something immoral. They're asking you to do something illegal. Uh, even I would say as Christians, if they're asking you to violate your Sabbath. Yeah. Speak up. Don't don't be trampled on. But where you can err on the side of honor them, be respectful to them, you know, just give them the the respect that they're due and and honor the authority that they've been given as much as you can. Uh, And and I think this kind of goes into my last point that I want to mention, which was whatever job you have. Do your work well. Whatever job you have, do it as well as you can. I love Colossians 323 says, Whatever you do, whatever your job is, work as though you're working for the Lord and not for men, not for people. I think that's a that's a crucial part, and it really is the summary of all of this is that you know faith in the workplace looks like doing your job well. Do it as though you are working for God. Um, Will, do you have anything to, to say on that before I jump into my, my story here? Cause we got some story time coming up. Story time. Yeah. Story time. Story time. Yeah. No, it's, it's taking the opportunity
0: to realize like you are an ambassador of Christ. You are the light on the hill. You are all of these Christianese terms to say like you are a representative of Jesus wherever you go. Not just Sunday morning do you, do you interact with Jesus, but you leave church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Saturday night, whenever you go to church, Wednesday night. But you leave church, and you are then, I mean, more or less, you're on the mission field. You are walking through life, engaging with other people. You are the ambassador of Christ to them. And they should know that. They should be interacting with you and be like, there is something different about you. There is something, there is a light to you. There is joy that comes with you. And you should bring that with you wherever you go. And as you do that, you'll see differences happen. You'll see change happen. You'll have joy in the workplace and it'll be good. But you're an ambassador. And I would encourage you not to take that lightly. You know, your faith carries out the other Five days of the week, not just on Sunday. But
1: so Ben's story time. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did actually have a uh, <clears throat> a story that I wanted to share. I had to read a lot of books during seminary. Will can attest to that. Um, what so books in seminary? Books. But there was one actually that that really stood out to me called Kingdom Without Borders, and it was a lot of stories of of missionaries in different parts of the world. And there was one where this guy, he's in a South American country. And it was very poor area. <clears throat> and he watched the pastor ask the people. He said, by a show of hands, who worked at least one day this week? And so most of the hands in the room go up. And he goes, how about two? Some hands go down. Three hands go down. It goes all the way up to six. And at that point, there's almost no hands left in the room. And he says, so how are we supposed to practice The commandment of God to work six days and rest one if we can't even find work for those six days. And I just thought that was such a a humbling perspective that they didn't look at the command to rest as like, oh, well, the command is to take a day off, but as a command to work six days. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes you think about we often don't appreciate the fact that we do have a job. That God did create us to be purpose-filled. Um, I mean, heck, everybody's, just about everybody who's gone to church in the last 20 years has heard of like the 40 days of purpose or the purpose-filled life and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, purpose-driven life. Purpose-driven life, that's what it is, yeah. You know, so it's like we we really were made to have purpose. I mean, even in the Garden of Eden, perfection, like it, it was, that was as good as it was going to get here on earth. Adam tilled the earth. He was responsible for the garden and Eve was his helper to do it with him. Like, that's what we were made to do. And uh, so it's just a reminder to appreciate that we do have a job. Yeah, the, the 40 hours a week, like it, it can be rough sometimes. But remember that not everybody in the world has even the opportunity to work, let alone to find a good job. So that was just a, a an interesting perspective I wanted to share from that. Uh, now, Will, as we start coming to a close, I just wanted to touch on, because I know this is very general advice, but I wanted to touch on a, a few different types of jobs that I think probably makes up the bulk of our listeners and and talk about what does this look like? This everyday faith in the workplace, what does that look like f- for a few specific jobs? So I wanted yeah. to start with. Probably what the majority of people are is retail and food service employees. When you think about God in the workplace, Woo!
0: food service, my Publix people. Oh, man, I miss Publix.
1: Stop.
0: It's where shopping is a pleasure. And I don't know working about working. Is not. shopping is a
1: pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's see, there's um, that bad attitude. I got to bring more joy into the workplace, but it's okay. It's it's something to work
0: on. We we are all we are all growing. Yes. Um, you know, I think just approaching the retail employee mindset. Number one goes back to that, that being filled with grace and understanding again, with all levels, not just the clients or the the customers, not just your coworkers, not just your boss, but expressing that at all levels. And that can be hard. Um, but that's, it's something that we need to grow in. Um Ben, you you have a little more experience within that field, what, so what do you think there?
1: Uh so I think my my two big ones are uh, James Five Nine. Don't be a grumbler. Don't just just remember that like retail food service, they're low paying jobs. Realistically, they are very low paying jobs, and they're filled with grumblers. Don't be a grumbler. Be really make sure that you are that person who who steps back and says like I, I'm, I'm going to be happy here. I'm going to be joyful here. Um, I say this with, with a, a lot of hypocrisy. And this is, if any of my coworkers are listening, I just, I apologize y'all. I know it's hard not to grumble. It's hard not to complain, but really that is, that is our call. And and that's what James says. It's like, don't, don't grumble, but be joyful. Rejoice that you have a position, rejoice that you, you are working and you you have some means of income and sustenance. Um, And then also be a good steward, especially when it comes to like people who work with food and stuff. Waste is not acceptable. Waste is ultimately sinful. We are called to be good stewards of the earth and everything in it. And so when we talk about big companies that are throwing away tons of food, we blame big companies for all these waste. Like if you work in retail and food service, you're the big company when you're on the clock. You know, if, if your company is asking you to do something wasteful, it's unfortunate that sometimes you have to do it that way. But there's also times where you have an opportunity to be the person who says, you know what, I'm going to care about this and I'm going to do my part to reduce this waste.
0: Okay. So, so I I got a question with that. Like, Sure. How does that factor in when, like, because I, I remember Publix, they always got to have their fried chicken at the ready, oh no. but it can only sit out there for so long, mm-hmm. right, before you you have to toss it. So, like, how, how do you contribute to controlling that level of waste? Like, is there something you can do there? And this is honestly just curiosity. I point. mean,
1: I mean, at this point, you're getting into the details of, like, how you run a company and stuff. And, and anyone who's worked food service knows what a forecast is. Um, you know, there's, there's computers and algorithms that guess how much food you're going to need. Oh man. I feel like, a, I feel like one of those training videos that they make us watch, but for real, follow the forecast. Just, just, you know, if you got a forecast, just follow it. Don't be the guy who says, no, I know better. And then you make 50 boxes of fried chicken and you throw out half of them. Uh, because mm. at the end of the day, it, it's wasteful. You know, if you're so, comp- so they
0: do try to be pretty good about keeping that.
1: They try. Level. Um, you okay. know, there's, there's only so much prediction that you can sure. do. Sure uh, I, I'd say a bigger thing is, uh, oh man, oh man, I'm going to get personal here. I'm going to personal about my job, but stock rotation, you know, it's, it's really easy. If you're the stalker just push everything to the back. But honestly, there's so much waste. People don't even realize it's carts full of food are thrown out simply because someone didn't take the time to pull the old stuff out, put the new stuff in back and put the Mm. old stuff in front. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's just it's 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 little things like that that stack up to really big waste. And and at the end of the day, it may not be our company, but it is God's planet and God's creation. And if if we're put to be good stewards of it, we need to make sure that we're not the reason that it's getting thrown out.
0: Right. Moving on from that example, yes. <laughs> there's also another job we kind of picked out was engineers. I know I have a couple of friends that are engineers. Ben mentioned he's got some people he knows that are engineers and we're using that as a broad category because I know all my engineer friends would be like, I'm not the same kind of engineer as that person is. But <laughs> as as a bulk category, I think part of it is is not cutting the corners, not finding ways to slack off, not finding the... What's the easiest way? But truly, what is the best way to do things? Do your job excellently uh, and don't cut corners unless you're trying to design something that's supposed to roll. Then you need to cut all the corners off. Uh, but I'm um, my bad joke of the day.
1: Yeah, that's the one. i <laughs> making it
0: sound like I made a bunch, which is true. Um,
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: like and, and engage with your clients. Do be attentive, ask questions, figure out what, what they're really looking for as best you can and be excellent in your response.
1: I'd, I'd also add, and I didn't write this one down, but something else is too, if you make a contract as an engineer, like, cause that's when I say engineers, I'm also lumping in, uh, it's very similar positions to like the software field. There's a lot of contract work involved. If you make right. a contract, stick to it. You know, I honor mean, it. The, yeah, the, the Bible has a lot to say about honoring your word. Don't be that engineer who when we say cuts corners, who looks for ways to say, oh, well, technically I did what you asked. Even if the client is an absolute jerk, do your part, honor your word no matter what and and, and be relentless in saying I'm going to do the best job I can. I think that's a, a big thing for a lot of the, those contract workers is. Make sure that you do the best regardless of how your client is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And a level of transparency of just like, yeah, things are going as planned or things aren't. Uh, I know many people would operate with Christian businesses because that's what they would do. They'd often be like, hey, this is going over this under whatever. we were trying to create this level of transparency. Uh, Moving down our list, we have managers. Again, very broad term Applies multitude of a number of ways. And it's just as important of a job as many of these other things we're talking about. Like you help point everybody in the right direction. You're leading a team. You're trying to get a job done for whatever the company is. And I think, you know, first thing is don't be a tyrant. <laughs> don't let the power go to your head. Yes. Yes. People are being quite literally, they're being paid to listen to you in whatever direction you're pushing them. Uh, but don't push, pull, be a leader, lead the way Jesus did, know your people, and encourage them, build them up to be the best they can be. So that way you can create an environment that they come to work not miserable, but actually like, man, I gotta work with a team. We get to make something happen. We're doing something, sell a vision,
1: yeah. make it happen. Um, I would say be be fair. Too, in your in your enforcement of things, don't don't play the favorites game. Don't be that manager who everybody knows you like one person better than another. Be fair. Fight for your employees because in, in a lot of ways, managers can be a voice for the voiceless. Because even if you're lower manager or you're middle level management, the reality is you have a lot more influence than your part time and full time bottom level employees. Um, fight for that. You know, fight for those people. Fight to protect them that's part of your job as a manager and uh i there's a mentality where people say well oh i'm just a cog in the machine kind of thing where they just i'm i'm just one part i'm just one lowly department manager i'm a lowly whatever manager um but i, I want to say don't don't fall for that lie that i'm just a whatever it is like you're a leader you're a leader in the company and every voice matters when it comes to protecting the employees, protecting their rights and and their workplace. Every single voice matters. So add yours into that. Uh, Lastly, I wanted to address the teachers because I know we've got a lot of teachers who listen to this, whether they're professional teachers or maybe even just like a small group teacher or something. But for teachers, the biggest thing I can tell you is, remember, Jesus loves children. When the world rejected them and his own disciples tried to push them away, Jesus said, no, you let them come to me. The kingdom of heaven, it belongs to them. Remember who it is that you've chosen to serve. If you're a teacher and you work with kids, remember that these are God's precious children. They could have the worst parents in the world. They could be the most misbehaved, apathetic, angry, whatever children you've ever seen in your life. But you know what? God loves each and every one of them and he wants the best for them, be a source of love for them, be a source of patience, of kindness, and, and remember who it is that you're pouring into. Um, it, teachers have one of the hardest jobs out there. You really <laughs> do. But that's all the more reason why you have to really remember the job that you've taken up and, and make sure that you can love those children. You can, you can be a safe place for them. You can be someone who's going to love them, even if they have nobody else.
0: Yeah, I think my my major point is like to be that that place of safety cuz you don't know what these kids are going through at home. They're coming to school for you know, 8 hours whatever for the day for some it might be the only place that they can get a meal, it could be the only place that they're not getting yelled at. You, you just don't know what kids are experiencing at home. Be a place of safety and comfort and to the best of your ability, make them feel safe and welcome. And that will go very far with any student of any age. Even the crazy middle schoolers, like, they they need a place to be safe too. And to just, like, they're, they're trying to navigate their own life and all the changes that are happening. And it's hard. Be yeah. a place of safety, like, walk with them through it and be like, hey, I understand you're going through a lot right now and you don't get it. That's okay. And you you can give gentle corrections, like not saying let them run rampant, but like, don't be the person that just screams their head off at kids. Yeah. Doesn't pay off. Nope. Be loving and kind and gentle as you can be.
1: So I think what it comes down to is that work. It can be, One of the most degrading, depressing, difficult parts of your life. Alliteration not intended, but it works. It can be that if you let it. Without the right perspective, it can dominate your life. It can even attack your faith. It can attack your family. But we have the opportunity as Christians to not be beaten down by our work. We have the opportunity to bring light and positive change into our workplaces. We can bring heaven even into our jobs, no matter what our job is. By choosing to practice our faith and keep God at the center of everything we do and choosing to serve as though we're serving God himself, we actually have the opportunity to make work not a place to go and get beaten down, but we can even turn it into a mission field. Thanks again for listening this week. We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at Music 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O, Music 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday Faith Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to share it. We're always looking for feedback to help us grow, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Faith Podcast.